Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Escape the Cage podcast. I am your host, Chuck Ellis, and as always, bringing you digital creators, entrepreneurs, digital marketers, and people that have just decided that they want to kind of take control of their own lives and provide as, as much service to as many people as they possibly can. And so that's what I have here today is my guest today is Hayden Cashin. And I'm going to put on the old glasses here because I want to make sure I get my inter, I want to make sure I get my introduction correct here. But Hayden is 27 years old. Hayden has been in digital marketing since he was um, since 2017, and he has been a guy who has obviously learned this from the ground up. And he is going to share with uh, you how he builds with businesses and brands and. Um, I think that uh, what you did, what you've done, is very inspiring for me. First off, so I want to welcome you to the show, Hayden, and I'm I'm interested in our conversation Thanks today. Thanks for having me on, Chuck. I'm really excited to do this. All right, great. So I think what happened there is when I was trying to flip over to get your uh, your introduction, you might have blacked out there a little bit, but no worries. So. Let's start. The thing that really struck me, though, was personal development junkie. I know that's probably not where you were going to start, but how has that helped you on this journey? Uh, I think for me, um, not even necessarily helping me on the journey. I just think it's so fascinating how the mind creates the perspective in which you see the world and how you see the world becomes your reality. So literally starting with your mind creates the reality you see. Um, and I think in, in almost any situation in the world, you can see it one way or the other. And if you choose a certain way to see it, you then see the positive and that impacts how um, your happiness is. Um, and then if you're happy and you have energy, you can go out and do all the things that you want to do. So I really think it all stems from the mind. And so for me, trying to understand myself um, and then apply that back into my life is, uh, is really fascinating for me. I love it. I could like watch interviews about it for hours. I'm the same way, you know, I, I started watching um, Earl Nightingale. He's got a, uh, a YouTube video that I don't know, this thing has gotten millions of views and I, and I know I contribute to it because I listen to it every yeah. single day. And it's, uh, you know, the, the, mo um, the strangest secret in the world. And he talks about that and, and he says, this is, and, and I don't know if you're uh, religious or spiritual, but it goes back to biblical, you know, it's like believe and uh -huh. achieve. And everything we do starts mm -hmm. in the mind. And I'm a, I'm a big proponent of John Asaraf, who, um, who not only uses this as a kind of a faith-based thing, but he also, I mean, there's brain science yeah. behind all of this, you know, creating the new neurons and everything like that. So obviously your mindset is right. And, and that's the first thing that I believe that is necessary for, for anybody trying to do anything in their lives is having the right yep. mindset and the confidence and that kind of thing. So at 27 years old, you've been in this game for five years yeah. already. Tell me how this journey began. Yeah, no, it's a really interesting story. So um, I'll cut a bit of the, the beginning stuff. It's not super important, but I ended up um, as a business student in university. I was in my third year and I got an email by accident. The reason I say by accident is because the email was actually for grad students. And so I got the email and it said, hey, come take this digital marketing certification program, side program through the summer. Um, it's teaching you all about digital marketing. And then they have um, hiring partners on the back end and it will help you get a job, right? And so I actually didn't really know anything about digital marketing. 
Um, I, I knew like, you know, it was Facebook ads and things like that, but I didn't actually know how to do any of that stuff. But I was like, huh, this sounds interesting. And so for me, I decided, let me give it a shot. And I took it throughout the summer. Um, and that landed me an internship with, um, it was it's called OSEG, but basically they own um, sports teams here in Ottawa. So the Red Blacks and the CFL, um, the Ottawa 67s and the OHL, um, and at the time, the Fury, which was a soccer team. And so I was running ads trying to get people to come to the games um, on Facebook and Google. And it was a great gig in 2017, especially because the way the company would spend their advertising money was like 1% on digital. And it was all television, radio, things like that. And so I was 22 at the time and they just chucked money at me said, go spend it and like, don't bug us. And so what that allowed me to do was, cause that's the hardest part about getting into ads, which is what I specialize in is that no one wants to give you money to learn with. And so I luckily fell into this place where I could just test all these strategies. I would YouTube them and just test them. And then I would really sharpen my skills up. Um, and so that's how I got uh, my foot into the industry. From there, I was very ambitious. I was still a student working part-time with the sports organization. I decided to take on a couple clients on the side. So I worked with two restaurants um, and really got to sharpen my skills there because they gave me full control. They were just like, do whatever you want, not even just ads, like do whatever you want with the restaurants. Um, and so then I really started to understand marketing as a whole, not just paid ads. Um, and from there, I got a job at an agency and I was leading a project with a television network. Uh, I'm in Ottawa, so I was here in Ottawa. But the agency was based in Montreal. Um, and I was taking them from television first to social and website first. And it was to this day, the biggest project I've ever worked on. And that really taught me how to like manage people, how to see a full scope through, how to really create the strategy, implement it, um, and then, you know, optimize it over time. Um, and from that execution, I had a lot of people reaching out to me to help them with their stuff. And so I decided to start my own agency. And so I started that in January, 2019 called Cash and Marketing. And it really specializes in running paid advertising. So Facebook ads, Instagram ads, Google ads, and now TikTok ads for clients in a bunch of industries to drive business results. Um, so that that's still a business to this day. And then last year, um, a year ago on August 17th, we launched something called the Modern Marketing Certificate, which is essentially based off the thesis of the company um, that I worked with to get my foot into the door into the industry. So this, a similar type of certificate, we reimagined it, we did it our own way. Um, and we've actually just ran through our first successful cohort. Students have got jobs out of it. And so we're looking to launch a second one in January. That's fantastic. And I do want to delve more into that because I think that's it. That's important that, that people learn it the right way. And obviously with the successful business you've already built, you have learned it the right way. Um, off the cuff here, who, who are some of the people or have you learned from anybody in the professional digital marketing space? Who, who are some of your mentors that you have learned from? Yeah. So Gary V, I think is a blessing for me because what I saw you were at Vcon yeah. recently. Congratulations. And like, the the reason awesome. he's a blessing is because he's a super talented entrepreneur. He built a marketing agency and he shares everything online. And so he really teaches, he really taught the foundation for me of how to just look at marketing. Um, and then I think naturally I've always been intrigued by marketing. Um, I used to make music back in high school, but what I really liked more than making the music was trying to get people to listen to it. How do you, you know, do collaborations here? How do you get it posted here? How do you do this here? And so I think I've always had a natural fascination to it. Um, and I think it's a lot simpler than people make it out to be. Um, I think it, it, it's almost like there's so much jargon in the space and so much like things that aren't that important that have been meant to feel important for so long 
that once you simplify it and cut it down and really use the modern day tools that are that are at your at, in your hands um you can really drive results without too much effort and we kind of proved that with modern marketing like when we started it sure the idea came to us on august 17th we started marketing it in march um and we only marketed it for eight weeks and we filled up the cohort in eight weeks from zero awareness like not even starting on a base right and in that eight weeks too we got sixty-five thousand followers on tiktok and closed a ton of brand deals literally in eight weeks and i went to vcon week six of that execution I got recognized by someone who was like, I love modern marketing. It blew my mind because I was like, we started that six weeks ago, right? And so these days we now have the tools um, with everything becoming TikTokified is what I would say, where if you know how to make good content, you can, you can literally do whatever you want to a certain extent. It's pretty crazy. Talk about, um, I have been singing the praises yeah. of TikTok um, for, for so long. I know it is, has absolutely revolutionized your business. Talk about TikTok, uh, how it's affected your business, as well as how you see it affecting businesses moving forward, because you obviously work with them. Yeah, the day. biggest thing is in the past, right? Because like I said, I've owned an ads agency before TikTok you know, was really a thing. And so back in the day, in the day before TikTok, um, running ads was really the way to grow a business like it was like okay organic's nice i would always just say like yeah do what you want there maintain a presence but like you can drive it from zero to you know multi-seven figures just through ads like that's all you need to do whereas now um they're like one and the same because organically now if you make good content you can get millions of views that didn't used to be the case the view count was always correlated to the follow count, unless you were lucky and had a viral moment, but it wasn't realistic to rely on a viral moment. Now it's becoming realistic. And so I think now what you have to look at is organic and paid side by side. They can both drive your business. And actually, how do you use them more effectively to help each other? Um, one of my favorite strategies now is actually, instead of creating ad content, create organic content for 60 days first, and then just take the best organic pieces and use those as your ads because now organic can be tested fairly because if it's good, it will scale. But in the past, if you didn't have followers, it wouldn't. Um, and so I think that's one, one of the ways that's transitioning. But at the end of the day now, everyone, it's equal opportunity, right? Before, the way I would see it is like, if you had uh, a million followers on Facebook and then Instagram became a thing, you could transition you know, let's say a hundred thousand of them to Instagram pretty quickly and then start at a hundred thousand. So if you had a following, it was like a, a competitive advantage. Whereas now, if you just put out good content, you can have zero followers. Like my, uh, my friend second post 150 K with zero followers. And like, that's, that's ridiculous, but it's also merit-based. It, it's based on the data of is the audience enjoying it? Is this content worth views? And what that does is put everyone on an even playing field, no matter what their follow count is. And actually now the follow count doesn't even matter. It's more of a vanity metric. It's more of if someone wants to do a brand deal with you, if you have followers, they can be like, okay, this person actually puts out valuable content because people have almost voted for them. That's what I look at it now. It's just like a vote of like, I like this account, but it does not mean anything uh, in relation to what your organic results will be going forward. That's awesome to hear because I have been also shouting that from the yeah. rooftops as well. Uh, I know so many people are obsessed with followers and views. Um, and, you know, I, I remember having a, a similar video. I've been in this journey for like three years, but I got a video that, 
that got like 250,000 views. You know, it was kind of a top of funnel thing. But um, I mean, I generated 2,000 leads and I had less than 10,000 followers. I was like, this is absurd. You know, it, the, the reach is so cool because of the algorithm. You know, it works so differently because it's based on interests rather than network of people that you already know. And, and that's what I love about this. And you're right. I mean, the equal opportunity is, is yeah. there. And like, and just, so, just one additional thing now, it's like, when I look to start a business now, I'm like, oh yeah, we can grow the customer base quick by putting out, you know, tons of TikToks. And what that also means is tons of reels, tons of shorts, tons of Pinterest reels. Um, and, and, and like, that is exciting before it was like, okay, if we want to start a business and grow it, how much capital do we have to put into ads? <laughs> really, that's the way I would see it, right? Whereas <laughs> now it's just like, hey, we got to find a cost-effective way to surely make content. But I'm super confident that we can, you know, shoot this business off without even putting money into ads day one. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if people are watching this on video and I'm looking over, I'm going live on TikTok as we speak. And so, hey, guys, uh, just a quick aside here. If you have a question for Hayden uh, about him and his marketing agency, drop it here and I will ask him on our live interview. But Hayden, let me let me start with, um, well, going back a little bit. Now, this wasn't your field of study then when you were in college. Is that correct? I started economics for two years, but then I did transition to marketing. I was in marketing in my third year. But literally, like, from what I remember, it was like newspaper, magazine, radio, billboard. Like, it's actually kind of ridiculous when you think about it. And from what I hear, um, now they have a digital marketing course, but a lot of the marketing is still heavily outdated and that's one of the reasons why we built the modern marketing certificate is because we believe um small institutions of specialization with connections to what you want on the back end aka a job is the future we think in a decade to two decades every single smart person will group up with other smart people in their field and just start their own thing through the internet you know low cost and so we're kind of trying to go where the puck's moving i love it uh, little Gretzky <laughs> reference there that's one of my favorite <laughs> I love that. So, um, yeah, one of the things that, that I have heard recently, uh, and I heard this actually from Amy Porterfield yep. on a TikTok, is um, she said that um, she fully believes that 50% of people will be self-employed, oh, yeah. you know, in the next probably 10 years. And and I think it's largely due to technology. And, you know, we've seen how quickly that can happen because yeah. of TikTok. What has TikTok done to these other social media platforms in your mind? Because you've advertised on them. I mean, has it has it really almost, I'm not going to say obsolete, but it's certainly eaten into not only their popularity, but that they're effective. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to not to say the same thing over and over, but I think what TikTok's just done is made it fair. Made it, if you make good content, you will grow. Like, period. Right? And that's never been a reality. Sure, you can argue YouTube, but going viral on YouTube has always been super hard. Going viral on TikTok is super practical. And so I think now um, with that tool, and then I think what happens is people see other people around them that they're friends with, start to do a TikTok here and there and start to get some notoriety and start to create some things that all of a sudden it becomes very real. Um, and I think in this new Zoom world, like what you need to do with your company is go to objective-based work, no longer hourly-based work, right? And this is what I think it will create. And it's funny because I think about myself in 2019, and this is exactly what I did. And that's why I believe in it the most, because I watched it happen with me, and now I'm watching it happen to the world. And essentially, it's just, if, if, I'm, a, if I'm a business owner, 
I know how much margin I need and I know what I can afford to pay you, right? So if me and you have a discussion on a service that I need you to do for me and the number that I can pay you is this and you agree that that's a fair number, I don't care if it takes you two hours or 10 hours. As long as we've agreed that that's a fair price and you're happy with it and I'm happy with it, I know I make my margin. You know you're going to make the money that you're happy with. And what's going to happen too is as you get better at your job, you do it in less time. I can set up an ad campaign with probably 200 ads now in less than an hour. But it's all it's all because I know the shortcuts and I know the methodology to just build one thing and scale it a ton of times and make it happen really quickly. That used to take me four hours, right? And so what happens is it becomes a better deal for the employee without helping the employer because the employer still gets the work done, but the employee now gets it done in a shorter period of time, which what does that allow them to do? Get a second stream of income. So now they've doubled their income while keeping both employers happy. So it's just a better deal. You know, you, you were you were talking, um, going back to economics over to marketing. I've got a broadcasting cool. degree. Um, obviously, take one look at it, and you can tell mine came a lot, long, a lot before yours did. But um, you know, now that I know what I know now about where we are in this economy and where we're going, I, I would have skipped college altogether and just learned digital marketing. But back when I did it, way back in 1990, they didn't. Uh, they didn't offer their digital marketing yeah. wasn't a thing. There was no social media. There was no power. But Talk about what you feel that um, where we are now and, and kind of where you see that we're going. In terms of digital marketing? In terms of digital marketing and, and social media and its impact on on the digital economy, if you will. Yeah, I think um, in, in social media, everything is going to have a TikTok-like feature within it because the data has shown with TikTok's rise to stardom that um, it's a better medium. In, the, in terms of the creators prefer it and the consumer prefers it. It's a win-win on both sides. And that's why it's dominating um, time spent, right? And so I think that's going to then open up the floodgates for anyone to be able to create good content and, and grow whatever they want. Um, and then you parlay that with ads, right? Like what you want to do is really get the top of funnel attention with a TikTok, with a reel, with a short um, to get people into your ecosystem. And then you want to remarket to them because a lot of the times they need frequency. They need to see you four or six times, something like that, right? Before they're actually going to buy. And so it's a one-two punch. But then, like I said, your organic content becomes your testing for the ad. And all you have to do is then take the best organic piece, put it as an ad, and make the caption a call to action, right? And so that's how you look at, at the ecosystem. And then I think, like, to go in a slightly different direction, like with Web3 and NFTs, what that's going to also allow you to do is crowdfund um, financially from your audience, right? And so you no longer have to go and try to get a million dollars or whatever amount of money you need from a venture capitalist. You can do it from your audience through the execution of NFTs. So I think that that was a massive wall that has now come down to actually give anyone access to capital once they build an audience. So the way I see it is like, hey, if you can build 100,000 fans on TikTok, maybe push them to an email list so you have a higher touch. But then if, if you build that fan base and they actually believe in you, if you want to raise a million dollars, and let me know if my math's wrong here, but I think it's a uh, thousand people need to give you a thousand dollars to make a million. Um, yeah, that's right. A <laughs> um, thousand people need to give you a thousand bucks. So what you then do is once you have your core, say a thousand fans out of the hundred thousand, two hundred thousand that you've grown, you say, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to register um, these NFTs. I'm going to give them out for a thousand bucks, and there's a thousand of them. You can buy into me. 
But what it's going to give you on the back end um, is this is my roadmap of how I want to build this company. And then I'm going to build um, um, financial distribution, say quarterly to NFT holders, right? So if you believe in me and you believe that I can take, say, say it's me, like actually me, I'm going to say, I want to raise a hundred thousand or a million dollars for modern marketing. And this is literally our plan of how we're going to get students in, how we're going to sell digital recordings, how we're going to partner with brands, how we're going to get all the capital in. And this is our steps that we're going to take over five years. And then we want to sell it for this amount of money, right? Like literally open up the roadmap. Um, if you believe in me, you buy in to help raise the million dollars. And then as um, we grow, say in year, it starts in year one, you, you get quarterly distributions of say 5% distributed amongst the group, right? And as you see our financial projections, you can see that your investment will, will break even at this point. And then actually over time, you'll be making basically mailbox money every single quarter. That's more than you initially paid for the NFT. And also you can always resell the NFT at maybe an eight times multiple of what you're getting paid. And so what this all allows you to do is grow your business with TikTok, um, sell whatever you need through ads because you can guarantee you're going to see them again. And then also raise the capital you need with your audience. And the best part is, is who makes money on the back end of it? The people that believed in you, not some venture capitalist who's already rich, right? And I, so I think with all these different tech technologies that are all converging on each other, the world becomes a place where now as an independent, you don't need anyone. You use TikTok to get the fans. And that's, that's step one to then create the that. whole thing. Yeah, I love that, you know, and in the organic thing, I and I I've shared this with lots of other creators and digital marketing agencies. You know, we've we've basically been fawning over TikTok, but you know, like you said, it's even the playing field, but it's also allowed people to be more authentic. Mm. Um, you know, as as a business owner, I was never able to really get any traction on Instagram. Um, I attempted to max out, you know, my uh my my friends list on Facebook and you know, I, they're never there. I never gained any momentum, but like I said, you know, one post changed everything for, for my TikTok, and it was just me being yeah. real, you know, not fancy studio, not, um, you know, I'm the expert and, you know, I was just taking people through my invest, learn, teach journey, yep. if you will. And, you know, it, it allowed me to just be I who I that. am and realize you just need those thousand fans. I talked about this the other yeah. day. You know, you just, like you said, you don't need millions and millions of people with this app to build a successful business. You just, you need like those 100 to 100, you know, 100 to maybe 1,000 fans. And um, because you have now have access to them worldwide, you know, on such a scope yeah. that we've never seen before. And like the you know, way you sum it up to people is like, if, if you get fans, right? To make $100,000, you need, like, the way I like to think about it is 20 of them to give you 5K. Like, if you can do a high-ticket service, actually providing heavy value, but literally, you need to make 20 sales. And if you have 100,000 followers, like, think about those numbers, to make $100,000, which is incredibly higher than the average income. Like, that's, that's a great life, right? And so, I think, like, that's the way I like to see it of, like, you get your fans, but like, if you can offer a high ticket service, that's how you can then recoup money. And then you can maybe do other things. Like I would not recommend doing something that's super low ticket to start. I think that's nice to add on. Um, but that's, that's how I'd recommend to anyone. I have lots of calls with people who are big on TikTok, and they're like, yeah, I sell my 13 K uh, 12 week course, or I sell my, um, eight K like 
eight, eight week one-on-one consultations for like very specific problems. Right. And like, like I said, when you think of like 13 K, like it's literally 10 sales and you're like well over the hundred K like it becomes bonkers. And so that's what I would encourage anyone build that audience and then think of something high ticket that you can sell. What, what are some of the services that you recommend that, that people sell and, and take, you know, and take into consideration that because of your personal development, you're like, I can learn yeah. anything, you know, if I'm, well, if I'm dedicated the, to learning it. Yeah. Some the, of those the truth is, is the service you should offer is actually, and like, I've actually recently heard people debate that you shouldn't do what you're passionate about. You should do what makes you money. I don't, I don't believe that. Um, and so I think you should do what you're passionate about and figure out a way that you can create that into a high ticket service because this is the reason why you should do what you're passionate about is because you're going to love spending time on it. Therefore, you're going to spend so much time on it. Therefore, anyone else who's in that space for the wrong reasons, you will outwork them because you love it, right? Like for me, when I started working at the sports organization, I would go home and just Google and YouTube digital marketing strategies. I was, I was a lunatic. I was obsessed. And that's what made me so good so fast is because I spent all my time on it. Right. But it's, it was because I actually didn't want to do anything else. I didn't force myself to like it was so natural. And so that's what I say to people as well. You want to figure out what your passion is. What do you YouTube? What do you Google? What do you and your friends talk about? Like, don't try to sit down, and think about it. Just look at your natural behaviors and try to pinpoint things. You know, it's like Gary Vee talks about. He says, you know, find something you're passionate about. And then again, find those thousand fans. You know, whether it's like, you know, you're, you're passionate about Pokemon cards. Great. Start a podcast or start a business based around Pokemon. You know, it's it's possible and it's never been more possible than it is today. Short form video has overtaken yeah. everything. And obviously, TikTok has influenced Instagram reels and Facebook reels. I mean, they're hurting so badly that they're basically bribing people to stay on their platform by paying them for their views, which is absurd to me. I didn't think we'd ever reach that point with Facebook or uh, our Instagram, but tell me about sh- um, the impact of short form video and s- specifically that kind of like that organic short form video as opposed to ads. Um, and in relation to what, like when you say impact, what are you, what are you referring to? Well, I mean, impact on, on business. I mean, have you seen that these short form organic videos that have, that have performed oh, yeah. or have performed you know, at a much lower ROI, obviously, than yeah, paid like, ads. There's there's pros and cons to both sides, right? And that's why I think you, you should use them both for their pros together. Um, the pro is that you can go viral and you can push people, if you have a, a smooth call to action at the end, to your link and bio most of the time to do the thing you care about, right? And that could happen. But, but truthfully, I don't think it's actually safe to be fully relying on that because things change. Right. And if all you're relying on mm-hmm. is TikTok's organic reach, um, there may come a day where you are no longer satisfying the group or the organic reach declines heavily and your business dies. Like that's not good. That's that's very high risk. And so the pro with ads is that typically when you get the ball rolling, you can have it within a certain variance of consistency. So month over month, you can understand I'm spending this much and this is coming back. And it tends to not really go away if you know what you're doing. Um, but like I said, what what I encourage a lot of people um, on TikTok that are really good at you know getting the followers, pushing to their things, selling high ticket services, is to then just start with a remarketing funnel, 
right? There's lots of people that touch your profile, view your video that were interested because they, they spent the time, but they, they didn't get pushed over the edge in that instant, right? And so then you just remarket to them the warmest audience. Therefore, you need to don't need to spend a ton of money consistently pounding them with the message and the product. Um, and that's how you basically like make sure that all your efforts top of funnel organically are actually coming to fruition on the back end is making sure that all those people that did have a touch point, you're giving them a fair chance to convert um, through the advertising and, and what I also like about that is it takes the pressure off the top of funnel organic to sell. Then you can focus on just providing value top of funnel because you know the ads are going to come in and hit them multiple times with the direct sale. I love that. And direct marketing, I think, is is the way that we're going here. You know, there's there's much less brand marketing, unless you're Coca-Cola or AT&T or somebody like that. You've got this brand where you can just put out some touchy-feely commercial and then people will yeah. remember you when it's time. But direct marketing, you know, because it's measurable. That's what you talked about. That's why that's what I think, you know, ads are so yeah. powerful is ads actually have a measurability that will tell you if I spend this based on the law of averages. And, and what I found so fascinating about digital marketing and why I was I was kicking myself for even going to, to college was realizing the return on investment uh, of advertising. And if you have one of those um, those self liquidating offers, if you will, you'll you'll far exceed. I mean, a, a real estate investment, or uh, you know, or a stock or mutual fund, or or even an NFT for that matter. Yeah. I mean, your return on investment is absurd in digital yeah. marketing. And it's, oh, and it's cash flow too. Like I was listening to Alex Hermosi the other day and he was saying like, I sold my company and like made tons of money, but I lost my cash flow. He's like, every month I would just see all the cash flow come into my bank account. And he's like, when I sold my company, it went away. And then all of a sudden I had to take that money and now reinvest some of it to re-get the cash flow. You know what I mean? And, and he's like, it's, it's yeah. kind of ironic. Um, but this, this is what attracted me to digital from the jump was that when I would do something, we wouldn't debate the effectiveness of it, right? I hated going into, this is why I never wanted to do organic social. Um, now it's a bit different, but back in when I started my career, because I was like, I don't wanna go into a meeting and be like, no, 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 this is working, it's good, just wait. Like, I don't wanna, cause I can't even prove it, right? Whereas with right. ads, and there's the pro and the con, you can also very much show that you suck. So. I, I like the fact that you can go in and it's merit-based. It's like, hey, we spent this, we drove this, any questions? You know, and, and, and yeah. with my clients, we always send reports that just show high-level numbers that they care about. Like literally um, impressions, frequency, reach, link clicks, and then result, right? Whether that's leads or sales and, and show like the results metric. And if they want to know other stuff, we'll have the conversation. But at the end of the day... 90% of these business owners just want to know how much money they're making. And if the investment's paying off directly, then they're happy. Right. And so we try to be, um, we try to be empathetic to that. You know, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's almost like, I mean, it's an ATM machine really because of the reach that you can guarantee with advertising. And like I said, if you have that self liquidating offer and what you're offering either at least meets the, yeah. meets the price of your ads or if it far exceeds the yeah. price point of your ads like I said, it's an atm oh. machine i mean you're two or three or one or ten you know like you talk about alex yeah. and rosie um I, i'm obsessed with hundred million dollar offers i think that's the, that's literally the greatest modern marketing book that's ever been yeah. written 
because I mean, at his age, that, yeah, and I don't mean to be condescending, but I'm I'm later in the game here, you know, than than you guys are. But I mean, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he t- talking about where he started, and I was so captivated by that story. Is like, okay, I'm literally you losing three thousand dollars a day, you know. But then those ads yeah. kicked in, you know, and talk about and and I'm kind of going completely 180 here, but you know, you talk about content, good content. What to you makes good content? Because I think that's one of the things uh, people are out there just doing things. Question. They don't do them with intention yeah. and they don't, you know, they don't know what makes good content. It's so funny. Like my actual natural answer to that, because I've had this question asked me 400 million times from every single person. I'm sure. What makes good content? The actual answer is stop trying to make good content. Just make content. And and, and oh, you figure out what makes good content, right? Like my first 60 TikToks sucked, but that, but, but, <laughs> but like, I love that because that allowed me to evolve into what I, what I am today. And a big piece of that was me just looking at my TikTok and being like, I like that. I don't like that. And, and really being like, who do I want to become? Not like what, what's getting me views? Who do I want to be in the world? Right. And studying myself and being like, okay, hey, more of that, less of this. And really creating the concoction myself, it's funny, since pretty much day one of me in this space, one of the things I've been shocked with is that people still go into boardrooms and make subjective calls on creative. Like the, we have the tools now that tell you the truth. You no longer have to guess. And for me, it's just like, why don't we just create as much th- that we can that we think will be good, run it all, give it, depending on how much you're spending daily, give it X amount of days to spend through, um, and then just look at the numbers. And they'll be like, oh, these three pieces are over-indexing. Okay, let's get in the boardroom. These three pieces are over-indexing. Why do we think they're over-indexing? What makes them different from the pieces that aren't over-indexing? Okay, let's jot down those notes. Okay, now let's take the, these theses and go deeper into the notes that we believe in and just boom and consistently do that, optimizing on a creative lens. Like there's no point in being like, what do you think? What do you, it's like, no, like all the numbers are right there. And, and, and this is how digital flipped everything on its head, right? Before you'd run a billboard and you wouldn't really know, <laughs> you know, sure. You could have the phone number that's unique and they would call it and then you'd, you'd estimate it, but still like people will go to here and search people will walk into the door. Like you just, you'd never know. And so now that we have a tool that you can literally launch, get your data live. It's not even like you got to wait till the end of the campaign to understand it. You're getting it live daily um, and seeing it right to the penny. Like there's no more, reason to talk about it it's all here right and so that's why i have the mindset of like stop asking what makes good creative just make creative and the data will tell you the strategy or the yeah the strategy is birthed out of the execution the strategy doesn't come before the execution oh i like that nice job when you um when you talk about your journey with this uh, and i think this is important for people who may be thinking about providing a, a high quality service Talk to me about your first win and how long it take, took you to get your first win when you decided, hey, I want to do this and I want to offer this as a service. Because obviously yeah. you you focus primarily on, on brands and businesses. Yeah. So, so talk about your first win. So I, and I also want to preface this by saying I was very logical with taking the jump to start a company. I started a company. I had a full-time job. I was still a part-time student. I had two clients on the side. And then I, I probably could – I had like three clients that wanted to work with me, Right. And so I was looking at it and I was like, okay, if I cut out the full-time job and it was a great job, if I cut it out, my income will slice in half if I take on these three clients, but I'll be able to then scale to 20 clients, 
from five to 20, and then I'll double my income from a capacity standpoint, right? And so I was like, okay, I'll take a minor step back, but the amount of time it frees up, it actually logically will double my income if I can figure out how to fill it up. And based on the fact that I have three clients waiting, I'm confident in myself that I can continue that trend, right? And so for me, I never took a massive jump and was just like, you know what, I'm gonna figure it out. It was very logical and I always wanna be honest about that. Um, my first big win was with um, the two restaurants that were my first clients. So the reason I got into these restaurants was because I was golfing with my dad and his friend and his friend is um, a personal coach and he was working with the restaurant owners. And he just asked me, he's like, Hey, what are you up to? And I'm like, I run ads for the red blocks and I'm doing digital marketing stuff. Yeah. Like he's like, Oh, no way. Some of my clients just opened a second restaurant and they're, they're struggling to manage the marketing. They're finding it too overwhelming with two restaurants. Now I can introduce you if you want to make some side money. So I never even thought about like getting clients or doing it kind of like happened in that direction. And I think for me, when I took that, the second restaurant on, it was four months into its infancy and probably within 12 months, maybe 14 months, it was the hottest restaurant in the city and high end reservation only. We, we destroyed it. And, and, and honestly, the, the restaurant owners were very good at like, more money on the fire, more money. Like if it's working, go, if it's working, go. And they gave me the room to actually be able to, you know, assist in that way. But, but we crushed that. And that gave me a lot of confidence, just seeing something go from like nobody knowing about it to like the number one. How long did that process take? Or, or did you say this is all simultaneous to you working, um, you know, and, and doing this for somebody else, I guess. Um, so the actual like win, I think when it was just, you know, hands down the best restaurant in the city was 12 months in. Um, but I think mm -hmm. like what excited me was like, we could see in the data, the reservations we were driving through the ads. Um, we, we learned a lot about what types of ads are working for this specific restaurant. Um, and then just being able to go into it on a Friday night and, and seeing it like bump and knowing everyone. And, and what I would do is I would always put on my story, like running ads for, for this restaurant. So then everybody knew like I was the person running the ads for it. Um, but I think also on a level of just, you know, working with people and, and watch being a part of something that, you know, changes everybody's lives involved is just, uh, on a human level, like the most satisfying thing in the world. For sure. And I, I think that's, that's why a lot of us get in this space, you know, they, they, they just don't want to be pushing somebody else's agenda and allowing that their value because you talked about value-based and you know that's that's a big thing with with hormozy is everything should be value-based it should not be uh, dictated by what the market is charging and it shouldn't be dictated by you know an hourly percentage of whatever it should be based on the value that you provide and uh, and i think i think that's why we're, we're headed toward that 50 percent of people you know, that are doing their own thing because they're, they're realizing their, their personal power, you know, in this, in this yeah. new economy. And, and, and honestly, you be able, yeah, sorry, just one ahead. thing on that is like, this is what business owners need to realize is they're not competing against other companies now for the best employees. They're competing against the employee going off on their own. And, and this is why, like, <laughs> this is why you have to move to objective base in my opinion. And I'm sure there's lots of cases where it doesn't make sense, but just for the sake of argument, I read an article the other day of all these new technologies that companies are are putting in for remote work to like study you and, and like make sure like 
you know, you're not on Facebook and like, like some things where it's like every 10 minutes, it, it randomly screenshots your screen, sends it to the employer wow. or it'll like record your day, but it's blurry enough that they can't see sensitive information, but they can tell what you're doing. And like, literally people were saying like, I was scared to go to the bathroom in case I got the screenshot and I wasn't at my chair. Like it's ridiculous stuff. And like, what, what's this going to do? It's going to push people to organizations that aren't doing that stuff or to just do their own thing. Like people have so many options now with the internet that employers need to really like turn it down a little bit. And that's why objective base just makes the most sense. They don't even have to worry about it anymore. If you don't do the objectives, you don't get paid. Agreed. And I, I think this, this whole thing of, you know, it's bringing the, it's bringing the power back to the individual, but, but I want, what I want to do is I'm, I want to shift back a little bit. You're working with major brands and obviously you started local, but for me personally, because there are 30, just here in the United States alone, there are, I think the last estimate was 30 million small businesses and the, the power of media, even on a local basis, because you were talking about your, your client there and, and I and I have um, had somebody on my podcast recently where she talked about and, and this literally just happened for her. And she's she's already have a has an agency per se and she's coaching and things like that. But she just got a local client in Houston, Texas, with like six salon locations. And for just TikTok management services, she's charging five thousand dollars a month and they're paying it gladly because they have no social media presence. They have. They have no short form video presence. And this is a real, you know, this is a real legitimate opportunity for people. And I think that's extremely exciting because you don't have to have, um, you know, a digital marketing degree or, or a marketing degree or a business degree. You just have to, to kind of play with this whole thing. And like I said, through trial and error, keep, yeah. keep creating, figuring out what works. And then you can offer that service to other people. And I think that's, that's an amazing opportunity yeah. for the future. This, for is, this is literally why also we designed the modern marketing certificate, how we did, because every, what right now we're doing um, cohorts semi-annually twice a year. We do want to get to quarterly, but it's because the industry is changing so quick. And so you'll take your cohort. Um, but then what happens? So basically for people that don't know, um, every single week is a different topic. So one week's TikTok, one week's YouTube, one week's Facebook ads, one week's Google organic, one week's email marketing, boom, 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 right? And we have a, a different expert teach every single week. So for me, I only teach Facebook ads. And so different expert teach every week. Um, and then once you graduate the cohort, um, we, we have all the digital um, downloads on our e-commerce website. But if you're a graduate of the, the cohort, you get them for 50% off because every single time we do a cohort, we're going to update the digital downloads. And then we want our past students to be able to refresh their knowledge because what happens in a six month period is can change the whole landscape, right? Like funny enough, when I took the program back in 2017, um, uh, we were learning mobile uh, app store optimization as a week, interesting topic. And we, we learned for the first four days. And then that we had the Friday off and then we learned again on Saturday, teacher comes in on Saturday and goes, Hey, there's been a massive update. I don't know if you guys read it, but everything we learned for the past four days doesn't matter anymore. And <laughs> it, it, and this was the second week of me being exposed to digital marketing. So I was like, interesting. And so wow. that's why, um, you know, we built it that way is because we are expecting every single quarter to have different information being taught. That's great because, you know, I think kids nowadays, 
they're going in and they're getting a degree and for, for you know, they're, they're choosing, okay, this is what I want to go into. And four years from now, that degree is obsolete, yeah. you know, and especially with, you know, I, I've heard the, the, the AI, I mean, the AI estimates are scary, you know, within the next five years, 40% of people and the jobs that they do will be completely eliminated by yeah. AI. And, and I'm not saying that to, to scare people, but you know, you got to be ready. You got to be ready to pivot in this economy. And, and as a guy who has, um, you know, in his other life is, you know, has had 16 jobs and six careers. And that was before it was even fashionable to only work two to three years with yeah. a company. You know, you got to be ready to pivot. And that's what I believe, that's what I believe is being able to provide services for businesses. And, and I think, where some people start with with um, talk, talk to talk to people about your experience from B to C and and I know I don't want to throw around too many jargon that's that's business to consumer where you have, you have an individual as opposed to the business to business how those how those businesses differ and and how much more quickly one grows than the other talk about that a little bit yeah I think B to B is different because you kind of know who you're talking to. Right. Like for one of the offers at Cash and Marketing, we go very hard to acquire physiotherapy clinics as clients. Um, mm. And so for us, it's like, okay, we need to contact physiotherapy clinic owners. Like, and then what you can do is literally find some sort of tool that can scrape LinkedIn, get you all those people, put in some sort of list, and literally just like email them or call them. Like, it doesn't have to be that intricate. It's, and it's actually sometimes smarter. The other way you can go with content is basically put out stuff for physios and be like tag a physio because you're gonna get the masses when you put out content, right? So then you wanna do the call to action to get them to bring you the person. Um, so B2B, you don't necessarily have to go crazy wide with, with your marketing efforts. Sometimes you can just really try to go direct to the decision maker with a phone call or an email or something clever. Um, but when you're going B2C, say for the model marketing certificate, like we wanna, attract people who are interested in digital marketing. It's it's so broad, right? And so for us, we wanna just advertise more even like high level. We're not trying to go uh, surgical with it because we want that word of mouth to travel and we wanna build the brand, right? We want people to be like, oh, have you heard of this? Have you heard of this, right? And so that's the biggest differentiator, differentiator I think, is that with B2B, um, you can sometimes get very surgical and just super strategic because you know who the decision maker is. Whereas in B2C, a lot of times it's so broad um, that it is smarter to just put out content on a broad scale and target broadly and let, um, say, the pixel figure it out or let the algorithm figure it out. How do you feel about, because uh, you mentioned Facebook ads is, is kind of in your, you know, your area of expertise when it comes to paid, um, paid yep. traffic. How do you feel that TikTok is going to change that game now that TikTok is finally into the ad game? From a TikTok ad standpoint or just TikTok organic? Yeah, from a TikTok ad standpoint to to Facebook. Because um, I think right now TikTok is relatively more expensive than Facebook, but obviously yeah. as, as saturation grows, it will probably No, TikTok's drop. cheap. TikTok's very cheap. But Facebook's cheap too because um, the results are not as good. And a lot of people actually have left Facebook and explored different opportunities. And it's all just um, supply and demand, right? So it's how many advertisers are there and how many eyeballs are on the platform. So there's still billions of people on Facebook. And so when advertisers leave, um, the cost per um, to reach a thousand people diminishes. And then with TikTok, it's the reverse. Advertisers are ramping up in there. They're learning it, right? Like not everyone just jumped into TikTok ads. And so the costs are going up, but but relatively they're pretty cheap too. Like we saw cheaper results on TikTok when we were running it for modern marketing than Facebook. Um, 
But with that being said, I think the actual an interesting point is that TikTok's a private company. And if you look at the, the rate of innovation within TikTok, it's staggering. I've never seen a social media giant move at the rate TikTok does, adding features, testing features. My, my profile looks different every day. Like it's, it's literally just flipping around all the time. They're, they're rolling up new features for ads all the time. And so I think TikTok's ad product will become super, super powerful. Right now, I like it. But I don't think there's enough call to action in your face on the TikTok platform. But I do see them making moves to creatively make it stronger in the sense of like you can have something that like literally pops up on the screen to tap, right? Because you, you don't want to you don't want to mess up the experience of the ad. But it's an ad. You want the call to action to happen. Right now, a lot of times, it's just a banner at the bottom. Um, whereas like a Facebook in feed ad, the call to action button is very it's effective. It's very effective. And so I think. Right now, TikTok um, is making right, the right moves. I'm always watching and putting on my TikTok the different things that they're adding um, from an ad standpoint. So I do think they will become significantly powerful just because of the rate of innovation. Um, but right now, I wouldn't say that their ad product is like incredible. I do think they have an advantage because there's just so many advertisers that aren't on the platform yet that their costs are lower. How do you feel about their target marketing? Because I know... Facebook has done so much to take away the ability to further define your target market on, um, you know, on their ad platform. How do you feel TikTok is is um, is approaching that and handling that? I found with TikTok. Do you feel their targeting is better? No, I don't. Um, but what I have found is their 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 uh, machine learning slash algorithm, whatever you want to call it, is better. So a lot of the sure. times, I don't do heavy targeting on TikTok because TikTok figures it out, right? And so I think Interesting. Um, with TikTok, from what I noticed, they're, they're, out, they're adding categories all the time. But when you have a platform that's so infant, um, you just don't have as much rich data as Facebook. But this is one of my beefs with Facebook is if you look at what you're um, categorized under from an interest standpoint as an individual, you'll see you're categorized under a lot of stuff that is no longer relevant to you. And whether or not mm -hmm. Facebook um, um, waits for uh, relevance, I don't know, right? Whether it, if like something you've been engaging with in the last six months is weighted heavier as an interest than something you engaged with five years ago, I don't know. So maybe that is true. I, I, I just thought of that now. But on on TikTok, um, the way the algorithm works, and, and I remember watching a test on this, they basically took a fresh account and they only watched certain content, like say it was golf content. They'd watch it through and if it wasn't golf content, they'd flip quick. Right. And so they trained mm -hmm. the algorithm and they watched, they made a chart of how quickly the algorithm adapted to that and how much golf content they would see. And it was just a sharp exponential growth. And then they stopped interacting with it. And it was maybe like a three, four day decline until like golf content was pretty much gone. <clears throat> and so that shows you on TikTok, it's all about like, what have you done for me lately? And it, it really understands what you like in the moment. Now, do they take that information and apply it to their ad product in the sense of if I target someone on an interest, golf? Is it only people that are hot on golf right now? Or is it people that have been hot on golf? And, and oh, so I don't know how they're doing that, but if they make it very uh, relevant, then I think the pro product will be super strong because that's where their product's strong in general, right? So I think that's how they can combat Facebook from a targeting standpoint. Um, since I do believe a lot of the people you target on Facebook used to like something and they're still in that interest category. 
That's that's fascinating, and and you know that's why I like I said I think everything is based on the algorithm and, and its ability to figure out what you like and, and what you like at the moment. Yeah, you because know, there are people that I used to see their posts all the time, even though I wasn't necessarily following them, I would see them, and now I I don't. You know that it's just kind of disappeared because either I saw it and I scrolled past it or, or what have you. I've heard a lot of debate about this um, inbound versus outbound and the ability of either organic or, or paid, obviously, to do inbound. In if somebody is if somebody is, is starting something, um, and it can be it can be an, either a, an, an e-commerce product, a, you know, a digital product, or it could be a, an actual physical product. How, what is your advice versus uh, on inbound versus outbound? Yeah. So the way I hear that question is like branding versus direct selling. Um, Yes. And for me, I think ads are great for direct selling. Um, and I think now organic is great for branding, right? So that's kind of why I was saying earlier, like the, the strategy I'm saying to a lot of people on TikTok is like run the remarketing ads to just crush your, your sales with people who have already shown intent. Um, and then that alleviates you to have to try to sell organically heavy. Sure, you can do what I always like to do is sell with without people realizing I'm selling, right? So I'll give you an example of like a personal trainer. I would tell them like, Instead of like trying to sell your personal training services on TikTok, do a video that's value-based, right? So say maybe like a new push-up technique and you do it this way um, and then just say three of my clients have seen their results go up by about 15% just by doing this technique. And so you just sold that you're a personal trainer. You could even say three of my online clients, right? Like just something like that, that helps tell the story but it drops the subtle hint that you're a personal trainer. That's what I would do organically. And then remarket to those people would be like, hey, I'm the, the best XYZ online personal trainer. If you need to get in shape, click the button. Like that's how I would look at the one-two punch of, of inbound versus outbound. Um, I've always been someone who just builds brand to to like my fault. <laughs> All I do is just, just put out stuff, get on calls with people, um, one thing that really built me early on is like, I would go for lunches and coffees probably like three, three times a day with random anyone, anyone who reached out to me and I would make stories and say, I want to go for a lunch and coffee with you. I want to meet you. And then I would document the lunch and coffee. I would take like a story, say business chats with X, Y, Z, and I would tag them. Then they would share it on their story, get more awareness. That's kind of how I built my initial kind of brand. And then all the businesses would come through that. They check out my profile, see the thing. And I never once ever cold called or ran an ad in my life. But what happens is like, if you want to grow, like I said, your business in, for physiotherapy clinics, you can only do that so much by just putting out content on your Instagram. You, at some point you do want to be like, okay, what's the sales strategy? How are we going to call them? What are we going to provide them? What's the sequence? Because if you want to go hard into that category, it's very difficult to just do that by putting out organic content. And so I think um, okay. it's not that you do one or the other, but you understand the balance and you understand why you're doing it. Do, do you use, um, you know, like the, the old standard, like lead magnet, email follow-up, that that type of sequence? Or are you, are you run kind of a different sales process for the businesses you yeah, work Yeah, for with? me, we use tools that will scrape LinkedIn to find the people that you care about. And then I let the sales guys do what the sales guys do. It's really not my forte. So if they're like, hey, we're going to connect okay. with them on LinkedIn, send this note, then get them on an email, send this PDF. Then we're going to like, whatever, like I let them do their thing and I just wait for the results. Like how much am I paying them and how many um, leads are we getting a month? Right. Okay. Gotcha. What about um, what you just mentioned LinkedIn? Um, I just accidentally recently had uh, Alex Sheridan. I'm not sure if you're familiar yeah. with him. Um, he does. He basically, he's been on, he's been on this, Hey, 
you know, LinkedIn is the next TikTok from the standpoint of short form content and being able to get leads and sales. How do you how do you feel about LinkedIn um, as a as a future yeah. platform? LinkedIn is certainly not not the next TikTok. Um, yeah. But I think LinkedIn is about to become a real beast. Um, just the first thing that kind of gave me that impression was when they created creator mode a while ago, you could flip it on. It would change your profile to show your content more prominently. You could add the hashtags of the categories you care about, and they would start to feature you and people that care about those interests. So I was like, okay, LinkedIn's taking content seriously. Number two, recently you've been able to start to see your video analytics, right? And, um, that showing your analytics, what are they trying to tell you? Okay, here's where you need to improve to get, to get more stuff. Right. Um, also something with creator mode is when people, um, request to connect with you, they automatically follow you. Um, and so that's something that's okay. interesting too. And now with creator mode too, it says like follow in the top corner of your post. So, so you can see kind of the rumblings of LinkedIn being like, Hey, we want to create a creator space. And I think LinkedIn is like one of the biggest opportunities in the world because they're very clearly defined in difference in relation to the other social channels. Like they very much have, uh, I think it's, a, it's called the blue sea, right? There's a red sea and a blue sea. They, they very much have like right. a space that they can occupy that really no one can contend with. Like the business content right. creator, which is massive on TikTok as a category, right? And so if they right. can um, really just triple down on like, this is where you come to talk about business, you know, professional, X, Y, Z, this is, and then they also build in, you know, all the stuff to help people get jobs, help people get connected professionally, network, all that stuff. Like no one's really going to fight them for that. They already have it. Um, and so I think if they can create their platform to be more um, like TikTok, where content drives virality, um, I think that platform will be basically like business Facebook almost is how I see it. Exactly. Um, but I obviously don't think it's the next TikTok. Like I think YouTube shorts. Well, no, yeah. I, not from a trends and yeah. things like that standpoint, but you know, what you said is it is the blue ocean because what's interesting about LinkedIn is it's, it's older than, than all of these really, I, I know mean, that. you know, from the standpoint of, well, TikTok, I mean, uh, LinkedIn has been around a long time and I, I, I'd have to research it a little bit to go back to, as far as it is, but it used to just be, Hey, here's my resume. I'm trying to right, find right. a job. You know, that's literally all that it was. And it's finally realized over the last couple of years that, hey, this is actually a place that we can drive yep. business. And so it's less, um, you know, it's less, hey, I got a job, you know, I'm so excited for it and networking with your friends and all of that stuff. And it's more, hey, this is a service I can provide. And like you said, because it's so blue ocean and it's so targeted and you are dealing with the people with the yep. money, that's another thing, you know, so whether it's lead gen, whether it's social media services, whether it's, you know, SEO, whatever it may be that you're doing, yep. ads, email marketing, what have you. I mean, it's it's a great place to connect with people that are looking for those services increasingly as we go. And the other thing is, um, you know, the video stands out because still 90% of the content on there is you know the written word it's 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 the yeah. post and um, when you put a video on there as long as it's not some stale corporate video um you're, you're catching people's yeah. eyeballs you know one, which one is thing really i think exciting. about too is the less you think you're made for linkedin the bigger the opportunity is if you figure out how to be for linkedin right and so for instance let's, let's like go that. an extreme example let's say a rapper right a rapper is probably not going to be like i gotta have my linkedin strategy in place right but I think 
because there's no rapper dominating LinkedIn, that if you understand it, you got to respect the room you're in. If you understand how to go into LinkedIn and storytell the business behind building your rap career, you could get a ton of interest, which will then funnel to your rap career. That's, that's fantastic. I love that. You know, it's, it's the whole creativity thing, yeah. you know, it's just, it's finding a way to, to make your, you know, make your little niche in a space and that's all that it is. And listen, so I want, I want to wrap up by saying, Hayden, how can people find you and how can people get more information on modern marketing, which I think is fantastic. Um, if you don't have that type of, um, you know, you're looking for a way to learn this because you realize this is a growth industry, digital marketing as yep. a whole. Talk about how people can get in touch with you. So if you want to see my content, it's Hayden Cashin, H-A-Y-D-E-N-C-A-S-H-I-O-N on TikTok. Same thing on Instagram, but there's a dot into my first and last name. Um, the websites are cashinmarketing.com and modernmarketingcertificate.com. And then on TikTok, it's at modernmarketing. Um, and on Instagram, it's at modern.mktg. Couldn't get the official one. But actually, you want to, you want to <laughs> hear a crazy story? This was a, this was a hustle. So I was um, I was in California, and I was looking to acquire the names Modern Marketing on all the social channels, right? And I go on TikTok, and I see at Modern Marketing, and uh, it hadn't posted anything, and it, it already already been created, hadn't posted anything, and it was following one person, and so I was like, okay, it must wow. be following the person who created it. So I click on that person's <laughs> profile, and all that they have is their Snapchat in their bio. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh, so wow. I add this person on Snapchat and then I Snapchat phone call them on Snapchat. And this, this person's in the UK. He's like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, listen, um, I, uh, like, I want to build this company. I have the vision for it. I need the name modern marketing. I see you have it. I see you're not using it. Like, let's negotiate a deal. Um, I do XYZ. If you can leverage me for whatever, like happy to do it, whatever. Nicest guy. He goes, don't worry about it. I'll just send it to you. And he just sends me, sends wow. me the name, closed the deal on Snapchat phone call. I'll never forget it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. But, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm so impressed with you. And, again, I don't mean to be condescending, but I'm so impressed with you, your your business mind, your creativity, your ambition. I mean, at 27, my God, Hayden, I'm going to watch your journey, and I'm just I'm not, I'm going to be floored with not only what you do for yourself personally and your brand, but what you do for other brands and, and how you help businesses grow and, and how you help people kind of empower themselves to learn these services. And like you said, um, you know, provide things as services as opposed to working for other people, empowering them to kind of design their own yeah. lives. And, you know, to see what you're doing um, is absolutely inspiring. I hope it inspires other people. And I hope you guys all follow him. You should. Um, you know, I came in on your 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 top of funnel thing, but then I was like, man, this, you know, this, this guy is really, really sharp. I would love to get you on the, the podcast. I'm so glad that I had a chance to connect with you. I will continue to follow your journey. I encourage everybody else to do so. And I thank you for your time. Thank today. you so much, Chuck. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you commented, right, on one of my videos and said, do you want to have me on the podcast? Yes. Yes, I did. I said, and, I just, I said, I would love to get you on my podcast. Yeah, and I think like uh, that, you know, you know, that's a good lesson for, for anyone listening. I'm just like, it's that simple. Like if you want to connect with someone, just comment on their post, just send them a DM. If you do enough of that stuff, the people that are, are good people are, are going to, you know, respect that and going to want to connect with you. And so, you know, kudos to you for doing that. And, and I'm really proud of what you're doing as well. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, as they, as they age, 
they don't want to accept how the world's changing. They want it to stay how it was and they don't want to adapt it. Um, and I see some people on TikTok that are, that are older, having the most fun ever, building amazing profiles and really just like embracing what's going on. So kudos to you uh, for being one of those people that are just, you know, taking it by the reins because I think that's going to add so much happiness to your life. And I think you're going to inspire a ton of people in ways I can't, right? I think that's the beauty of it is right. like where you can really inspire is the people that look at you and resonate with you, right? And so keep on your journey. I'm going to follow your journey. And I think this is definitely the start of our relationship. I'm really excited to continue it. I'm, I'll be pushing 55 soon, but um, you can't you can't stop evolving. And there's no reason that I can't, you know, be for 50-somethings what you are for 20-somethings. So I appreciate those kind words.